I invite you to rise as you are able and receive these good tidings from the Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter, beginning in the 39th verse. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who has believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Receive what the Spirit is saying. pray. God, for your wisdom and your revelation and your hope, we pray now. Amen. Well, friends, this is a very embodied story that we hear this morning, a story of two pregnant women And while I hope I have done faithful work to make this story both accessible and gentle, I do want to offer this word. Keep watch over your hearts and breathe deeply and take breaks if you need to. Have you ever felt like you just knew something, like without being told? Call it intuition or spiritual connection or universe electricity or just a well-developed gut? Recently, I answered a phone call and I just knew what was waiting on the other end before the other person had ever spoken a word. And I'm sure many of you have had moments where you felt like spirit was pointing to something with about a thousand neon lighted arrows, as if to say, right here, this is the thing. This is your next step or take this path or this leap. Slow down, breathe deep. But occasionally in the noise of it all, that divine voice of inner wisdom can get absorbed into the frequency of our environment. And for this reason, I can hear my gut best when I am quiet and still, and when I allow my body to sort of just sink into itself. But not only is it difficult to hear that inner wisdom or that voice sometimes, it can also be hard to differentiate between what we're hearing from our inner truth, and I'm going to put this very bluntly, and downright mind tricks, dangerous lies. And when my mind dupes me, I cope by spending a lot of time in a hypercritical flurry of preparation, pre-grief, pre-anxiety, pre-leading, pre-stress, 
pre-organizing, pre-worrying. And while, yes, some of these things can be immensely helpful in the event of a crisis, the truth of the matter, even though it may be hard to see it, is that sometimes things work out instead. Even after you've stopped believing, even in the face of all of the preparatory grief or stress, even if just for a moment, sometimes in the most unlikely circumstance, what we get instead of a tragedy is a blessing, a humble God, a willingness to learn or to hear, a love that wins again and again and again, healing from trauma a little bit at a time, survival, because sometimes that's enough, and an unexpected miracle or a star in the night sky or a brave mother. A few years ago, I was sitting in a surgical waiting room, the kind where every half hour or so, a surgeon will come in and announce a name. And the family members to whom that name belongs will approach the doctor, and right there in the waiting room, they tell you the fate of your loved one. I listened as the surgeon came in and announced the name Lisa, and then I waited for the family to approach. And I saw from across the room, a woman began to gather her things and get up. And she comes running over to the doctor, and the doctor says, are you here for Lisa? Yes, the woman replies. And then I watched as this doctor struggled to make sense of their relationship, all while holding the most precious information of this woman's life. Are you her friend? Or are you her sister? Or are you her aunt? Who are you to Lisa? And as he continued to struggle, I saw the pain in her eyes. No, I'm her wife, she said quietly. And then the doctor told her that her beloved Lisa was going to live, that he had gotten all of the cancer with clean margins, and she wept openly as she wandered back to her waiting room seat. And something within me said, go to her. I tried to fight this urge with all of my might. I was there for my own family. I was not there in any official capacity, but still the energy stirred within me, go to her, it said. I could feel my shoulders sort of tense up and my abdomen tighten and my breath began to quicken and something dared me to move. And it always feels like a dare, really. Because there is always something at stake, even if it is just our own comfort. So I went, but not before I had a tug of war in my head or what I've begun to call indefatigable mind sparring. Eventually, though, my gut won. And this was clear because before my mind could catch up, I was already walking toward her. And I asked if I could give her a hug, and I apologized for the doctor. And she said, I'm just so glad that she's okay. And I'm really not sure what made you come over here, but I am so glad that you did. We drove many miles to come and have this complicated surgery done by the best surgeon we could find. And we have been here all alone. She asked why I was in the waiting room and offered kind words of support. Really was a me too moment. We talked until it was time for her to go see Lisa in recovery and through tears we embraced and said goodbye. Go to her. 
go to her, is what I imagine Mary heard from within her body, an 80-mile harrowing journey to look her dear, sweet cousin in the eye and say, me too. And when she arrived, I can only imagine their exchange. Did an angel come to you too? Was this also scary for you? Look at us, just a couple outcasts, seemingly unable or incapable of hosting life, and yet here we are, looking into one another's eyes and feeling in our bodies the most impossible thing of all, that in the fullness of the unlikelihood of these circumstances, one thing is true. For now, it seems to be working out. Mary and Elizabeth had both human and divine connection. They really saw each other. The divine within Elizabeth recognizes the divine in Mary and the life in Mary recognizes the life within Elizabeth. And at that moment, I don't know this for sure, but I hazard a guess that they weren't trying to anticipate or help, or advise, or fix, or teach. I think Mary and Elizabeth sat there with their umbilical connection, feeding one another presence, and goodness, and solidarity, and hope. And this moment is so beautiful that Mary begins to sing. Foundry, I think that I always thought this story was about the baby or in this case, babies. I thought that my mothering and my motherhood gave me a unique entry point into this story and to the gospel as a whole for that matter. And for many years, I have said that it is a shame that we do not talk about infertility and childbirth and pregnancy in the church primarily because the story that is upon us, the Christmas story, the story where the baby actually comes is literally how God comes to us through pregnancy and childbirth. And in its specificity, it is true. The story is about a young pregnant mother and an older unlikely mother and their babies and the exchanges of these blessings. But what if that is not the whole story? What if it's not actually about the baby, at least not yet? The story is the baby is coming soon, but it is not here. And babies and birth are sometimes an inaccessible and painful story for some of us. So let's not skip ahead. Let's stay right here with Mary and Elizabeth for now. Let's take a break from the preparation and the what ifs and the mind sparring and all that tinsel. And let's just sit right here. Will you sit with me right here? For just a moment, listen, women and birthing people. Listen, men and non-birthing people. Listen, those of you who might be struggling with fertility. Listen, those who don't have kids by choice or by circumstance. What if the blessing isn't just the baby? What if the good news, the fulfillment of the promise, the blessing isn't actually about our ability to bear children at all? What if the blessing is about our ability to bear God? 
the kind of bearing where the divine they rests in love and in shared life, all while conjuring our brew of inner knowing. And I have a few questions. If we know we're all God-bearers, can we be kinder to ourselves? If we know that we're all God-bearers, can we maybe speak to and about ourselves in ways that honor our belovedness? If we know that we are all God-bearers, can we see the blessings that are kept in us? If we know that we are all God-bearers, can we see them in one another? If we know that we are all God-bearers, can we stop trying to control others' bodies because we're not really great at controlling our own? If we know that we are all God-bearers, can we stop laying claim to other people's bodies? Can we know deep within us, as Mary did, as Elizabeth did, that we are bearers of God? And then can we sing, as Mary does, holy and unabashedly. But if we're going to sing, let's not sing that one song. You may not know what song I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what song that is. Mary, did you know? No. No offense to the Gaithers, who wrote that song. And if you have a little bit of Southern flair, you might be familiar. Or actually, you know what? Definite offense to the Gaithers for writing perhaps the most biblically unlettered song ever. <laughs> Did Mary know? Did Mary know, choir? Yeah. Yeah. Mary knew. She knew deep in her soul. She knew with her eyes and her arms and her legs and her abdomen, she knew in her body. And despite what everyone had likely said about her body, it was God's dwelling place. And the same is true about us. Our bodies are God's dwelling place. Our insides are remarkably capable to bear not only the name of Christ, but the actual Christ. And it would be great if we continued to speak kindly to them and about them and to create safe space for Emmanuel, God with us. And when we feel a holy nudging in our inner knowing, may we follow it, if necessary, all the way to the outskirts of town to find the blessing of human and divine connection so strong that we might actually be able to feel God leap inside of us. Let us pray. God, give us the strength to recognize that we are all imbued with blessing and that we have this beautiful inner wisdom that can help us to feel spiritually connected. Give us courage to follow our inner knowing wherever it leads. Help us to talk to ourselves and treat ourselves and one another with dignity. And while we wait, help us to remember that sometimes despite all odds, it actually works out. 
In the name of the triune God, we pray together. Amen.